Hey, George. G'day, Brett. How are you? Are you there? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm fantastic. So, uh, I'm not excited. You're not good. I am. I actually, I actually wanted to put on my radio voice and welcome all our listeners to another episode of Float Your Boat because this is the new me, the John Laws of the world. <laughs> what, hair coming out of your nostrils and your ears? <laughs> oh, that's, that's already there, mate. <laughs> and other places. <laughs> I. You know, I, I was going to be a magician and, and instead of pulling a rabbit out of my hat, I was going to pull a hair out of my ass. Ah, uh, boom, boom. <laughs> that is, well, you, you, uh, you don't want it. Just don't, don't talk about your orifices, your hairy orifices. Where, where, where was, where's your dad joke for the day? Weren't you going to tell a dad joke today? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Why can't you hear rabbits having sex? You've already said this one last week. Oh, did I? There you go. You're no, I'm not going to, because they have cotton balls. You're obsessed with that joke. Is that, it's the only one I can remember. Is that right? You've only, you got, got, you've only got one. <laughs> yeah, one. That's right. One joke. Well, I one guess joke. it's better than no jokes. That's right. That's right. So, so who do we have on today, Brett? Uh, no, you're supposed to, I was going to do the other way around. Because <laughs> no. You, well, you wrote everything me. down. I didn't write everything down. Oh, no, 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 no. Who do we have on today? Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about prep. <laughs> You've done a lot of prep. <laughs> Oops. Oh, we're a, we're a highly polished machine, uh, folks. Uh, you know, the uh, Float Your Boat crew and the researchers have done their work. I'm a bit, that, that's because I'm a bit tired today, George, because get this, right? So my neighbour last night started banging on my door at 2.30 in the morning. Can you believe that? 2.30 in the morning. Why uh, was she banging on your door? Well, lucky, luckily enough, I was up playing the bagpipes when she... <laughs> uh, who do we have on today? Uh, I'm scrambling <laughs> we, here. We have Simone. We have Simone Gordon. That's it. That's what I was going to say next. Simone Gordon. And if a, I was a clairvoyant, I would have <laughs> got that right. Well, funny you should mention that because she is a clairvoyant. No, she, get out of here. And she's, and she's probably going to know every question that we're going to ask her. Uh, she's also, uh, as you said, a, a physiological, <laughs> a physiological astrologer. But she'll say that she's a psychological astrologer. What's and, um, a, is there a difference? Well, <laughs> she'll explain the difference. And uh, and she's worked for she's worked for uh, uh, NGOs like the, the Cotton On Foundation in in Africa, uh, and which was interested in food and water preservation, and um, or water food and water security. And and she's also I never knew this. I never knew that it existed. Financial astrologer. What does a financial astrologer do, George? Um, map out something to do with finance. See, I'm a clairvoyant. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where does she live? Uh, let me hold on. Hold on. I'm channeling it. Byron Bay, I bet. She does. See? Well done. Well done. You've actually read your notes. That's great. So why, why don't we just get her on? Let's just get her it's on. Enough, it's enough of these shenanigans, Brett. Okay. Come on. Calm down. Here we go. 
Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome, Simone, to our Zoom studio. Uh, Welcome to Float Your Boat. Thanks, George. Thanks, Brett. Good to be here. Nice to meet you. you. Where are you located? It seems like a very, uh, very nice place. Byron Bay. It is a very nice place. It's very oh, chill. Center the of the old, universe. Oh, the old Byron Bay. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. It's like that now. I remember Byron Bay from 35 odd years ago when I got first got my driver's license and I headed up there in a combi and parked, you know. On a hippie trail, beach. George? On a hippie, on a hippie trail? trail. It's full of, yeah, full of zombies, yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, but it was, I, I bet it. I bet it's changed significantly. Yeah, it has. It has. We have uh, an influx of um, all the hippies are still here, and um, there's there's an influx of celebrities, Bondi people, and, and people that come from Sydney, from where you guys are at. Bondi, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's one of the things that would stop me from going to Byron Bay these days. The fact that everyone from Bondi's up there. <laughs> me too. I, hate I wouldn't be able to get away from them. Your love of humanity shines through. <laughs> <laughs> I do love people. <laughs> I just want to see different people for a ch- when I go on holidays. Anyway, <laughs> the last time I went to Byron, I played at a place called the Piggery. Is that still there? Yeah, it's still there. There you go. Well, is it was... looking? Is it looking more like a Piggery these days? After well, how long ago did you play there, Brett? Uh, the mid late eighties, I guess, was the last time. Wow. I hope, uh, I hope. It, yeah, it, it, I couldn't tell you. I haven't been there for a while, but it, it's still there, and it still has uh, bands that come and play. Hopefully, that, that hopefully they've uh, they've undertaken a reno or two in the last uh, thirty odd years. <laughs> You'd hope so. <laughs> now it's not about Brett; it's about you, Simone. So oh, let's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Simone. Um, very interesting profile. Thank you. So, so I'm, 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 I'm interested to, uh, to ask you this question. I mean, you are, you, you're, you're a clairvoyant. Does that mean that you already know the questions we're going to ask you? Yeah. Try me. (laughs) (laughs) Put me to the test. (laughs) And you're an astrologer as well, right? Uh, Yeah. Psychological astrologer. It's a different framework of astrology in you, in, uh, working with people's behaviours, motivations, uh, and themes, and what they've come in to do in this lifetime. Although it's not fated per se, but it gives a really good indication of what kind of shadow work or predispositions or potentiality lies within the framework of the chart that I'm reading. Yeah, right. So, so do you? Tr- so the question I have is: Do you truly believe that um, that people have a, disp- a predisposition? uh in in well it's, it's kind of like um your 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 dna um your genome right so you you might have a predisposition towards cancer and, and certain environmental factors may trigger it uh it doesn't mean you will get cancer so it's not certain but but you can map things out relatively well can you do that in the world of astrology 
Well, astrology is its a good question. It's more about the evolution of one's consciousness. And within that, there's like a personality profiling. So when we're looking at psychological astrology, for example, uh, a Leo in shadow uh, may have, and, and there's so many different components to the chart. So I'm only using the sun sign because that's probably most relevant as far as, you know, your understanding is that if we're looking at a Leo, we're looking at, uh, you know, the potentiality is, is around leadership, creativity, um, you know, getting back into the heart centre, understanding why it's that person may not be in the heart centre. And the shadow side may be looking at, you know, the, the need for validation or approval before being able to stand in one's own centre. So there's a there's a multifaceted approach that, that I'm looking at. And just the same as with personality profiles or, in fact, Myers-Briggs, um, we're looking at something to work with and if that person resonates with what I'm talking about and of course using the clairvoyant side of things as well they'll feel it it's not about telling them who they are it's about suggesting particular traits associated with their personality and the way that they behave in the world uh, that lands and if it does which it usually does then we go further into the deeper work of unraveling that which is uh, what they're unhappy with how does your clairvoyance work? Like, um, how how do you like? What do you do in a process when you're with somebody one on one? Yeah, that's a really good question too. So, whenever I'm around somebody and I'm very focused on that person, I'll either start receiving images or or a feeling as if like I'm sucking in their information, uh, like a sponge, you know, for want of a better analogy, and I'll start to just know or understand what is going on with them and then I will rather than say okay um this is how it is or this is this is what I'm seeing thereby that's that's concretized I'll ask questions around what I'm seeing so their validation of or where we need to go ultimately to the core of the issue is accelerated as opposed to uh talking 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 until we get to something that resonates or something that sticks so it's very helpful in being able to identify very quickly through those images through that feeling that knowingness and it could be a mental download as well what's going on with that person how to navigate the next steps i'm, I'm curious though um, at, at which point in your life did you understand that you had these uh, these capabilities no okay uh when I was very young, and so this may sound a little bit trippy to your viewers and maybe some not. Oh, you're from Byron Bay, so it's, you're <laughs> trippy already. Anything goes. Okay, so I'll introduce my broomstick in a moment. Uh, actually, go ahead. Let, let's go back to all the trippy things that you've, you've done. So why not give us a rendition? Well, it starts with me as a child seeing spirits. So to me, that was very normal. You know, like the mm -hmm. child that has invisible friends, except they used to turn up in the most unexpected places, even animals that were dead. And so I thought that was quite normal until I was told it was not and then it shut down. So other unusual experiences such as prophetic dreams of being able to see something that would happen 12 months in advance and then linking up with it, waiting for the linear time frame in which to happen. Uh, would, would, uh, sorry to interrupt, but wouldn't, wouldn't um, um, in layman's language, wouldn't that be considered deja vu? Deja vu is a recognition of perhaps a moment in time uh, of what what you perhaps have already experienced in the future mm -hmm. being brought into the present moment. 
Whereas a prophetic dream is like a whole sequence, like a story, almost like a movie. Oh, wow. Unfolding, okay. uh, that's saying, okay, this clue, this person, this location, uh, the essence of the, the, the vibration comes through very clearly. Well, let, let's, let's keep going on. What other things did you discover? Oh, the weird stuff? Let's go weird. <laughs> George, you always like to go weird. Weird and kinky is your middle name, isn't it? Oh, you know, um, weird really is interesting. <laughs> okay, that's another conversation. Hey? You're, not a, you're not an accountant, which is great. Let's go. Let's go for it. <laughs> okay, so other, other weird things. Um, you know, entities, you know, visiting, uh, again, in the dream state, uh, having no idea, you know, who they are, whether they're alien or whether they're just other entities and presenting themselves and, you know, having a conversation. <laughs> it's like, okay, why? <laughs> what, what's this about? Uh, being able to just know things out of the blue uh, you know, with people or circumstances that are that are about to unfold. Uh, you know, for example, once uh, astral traveling is another one where I was at the site of a vol- um, not volcanic eruption, an earthquake, and was watching um, as things were falling apart everywhere. And there is a there is a big difference between being consciously there and dreaming about it. It has a different quality or a different essence to it, and so that I consider is not your mainstream kind of hobby or activity that one does, you know, astral travelling to different locations and hanging out with other entities. Um, I think that's, I mean, as, as we go, I'll think of more things and I'll <laughs> throw them in. But So typically how do you, um, how do you uh, deal with a client? Like what, what, what's like, cause uh, we're reading your bio, you do a lot of business people, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you, and you've been an entrepreneur yourself. What does what a normal consult look like to you? Okay. So someone will come in and they'll be usually in crisis, uh, around their business, not going any further or money leaking or, uh, staff leaving. And it's a constant, uh, turntable of people betraying or people doing the wrong thing. So they're, they're immediately behaviours that have a link to a core belief or something that's going on beneath the surface. And so then we'll start to pull apart what those core beliefs are and then we'll look at a memory retrieval, which is about going back to the childhood. And it's a very simple process. It's not hypnosis, but it's just looking at what the psyche wants to reveal in regards to where the trauma initially started and where the trapped suppressed emotions are. And so then we'll bring that up and then we'll look at how that links into the present time and how that's unfolding or uh, is generating the current story or events that are happening in that person's life. And then that's the kind of psychological shifting that I'm working with um, as well as introducing the clairvoyance and the cycles they're at and what's being asked of them to evolve and to move into, which is usually about confronting some fear or some trauma from the past. And then we'll, then we'll look at the practicalities. So because I have a very uh, strong business background, uh, usually comprehend very quickly the business systems, the processes, uh, the model in which they operate, and then we'll look at practicalities to start first in order to start this ball rolling that's linked with the psychological processes so that they start to 
form different habitual responses, a different way of being. Can people come to you and be so closed to this that, that, that you just can't get a read on them? No, I've never, everyone who comes to me has a fair degree of what would you call spiritual acknowledgement or investment. Mm. So they've understood from the get-go that they're looking for something different. They're not looking for a business coach. They're looking for someone to go in their heads to adjust their mindset so that they may have the success that they're looking for. So they're very open. And usually when I'm talking to them, it's all resonating. It all makes sense. It's, it's hitting home. If it didn't hit home, then I'm the wrong person for them. Because so I imagine, I imagine you, 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 most of your clients would have a high level of EQ. They wouldn't be your, your, you know, your hardline, uh, borderline sociopathic uh, CEO of a major corporation. Right. I doubt. Is. I doubt that they would even entertain stepping over your threshold. Do these things come to you? Like sometimes when you, you know, just catch a, catch a glimpse of, of a person on, on the TV or whether you hear them on the radio, do, do these things just. Oh, look, they do. They jump out and it's not even necessarily a, a degree of clairvoyance that's being used here. It's, it's the understanding of that, you know, what that in their body language, in their voice, in the energy, the tone, uh, mm. you know, cause I'm a trained counselor as well. So looking looking at all those aspects start to paint a very clear picture around, oh, oh, what's what's lurking under the surface there that is mm. being compensated for in this kind of behaviour. Mm. Mm. So, mm. so does, does, it, does it get busy in your mind? Like do you have to switch this <laughs> stuff off? You know what I mean? Yeah, good question again. Initially, uh, yes, because it's like a bombardment. You're, you're like in a nightclub. Uh, and there's lots of noise going on and you're trying to, sorry, can you hear the dog barking? In the we can. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so we've got uh, the nightclub scenario where there's so much noise going on that you can't hear yourself think. And then you have to step outside, you know, into a quiet forest and, and then you can start to connect. So it's the same thing. It's training oneself to be in a meditative state, uh, to be in a calm surrounds, like I personally, being in Byron Bay, I'm on acreage, I live, you know, in the bush. And so that kind of harmonic environment really assists with discerning what's me and what's others or influential, uh, you know, cosmic kind of collective noise that's being dumped. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's Gino from Bondi Broker. In today's changing times, the importance of health and financial security has never been more important. At Bondi Broker, we work with you to improve your financial security by offering free financial health checks, assisting in reducing your debt, and gain competitive rates to improve your cash flow. Bondi Broker gets you in the best financial health so you can focus on what matters most. Visit our website today for your free consultation at bondibroker.com.au. So these noises um, would come to you, for example, when you walk through a shopping centre full of people? Correct. But also, uh, again, another great question because when there's a lot of fear that's perpetuating in the world, that also will be felt um, at a level of, you know, a discomfort or a disharmony, which is like, oh, what's, you know, what's rattling the world cage? You know, in this COVID-19 of, of recent, there was a lot of that that I was sensing and then, as a result of uh, feeling all of that, I had to turn on music with a particular hertz frequency 
in order to get myself back into my center because it's like being thrown around by a wave you can't control the ocean mm. uh, you, you mm. have to step back and wait for it to calm down before you take your board out and go for a ride and it's a it's very similar i also dabbled in financial astrology which is stock market so it's predicting and timing of the stock market so i was seeing that we were due 2020 to 2022 a financial collapse or or you know a recession what the catalyst was though uh was yet to be determined but my you know and this is my personal opinion you know it doesn't it, it's not the the gospel truth uh, that it's more about the currency switching to a digital currency than it is, you know, about the virus and who's done it and, you know, how it's impacted, you know, particular sets of people or, you know, that kind of conspiracy stuff I'm not quite into. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, financial astrology, This that's the first time I've actually heard of financial astrology. I didn't realize you you can look to the heavens and the stars and and uh, map out um, you know trajectories of the financial markets. So you you uh, oh, yes. you, you're all right. Are you are you uh, up? Are you a gun for hire? <laughs> you're a handy no, person. No, I actually stopped. I stopped doing it because it just wasn't. It, I, I learned about it, but it wasn't my passion. Yes, I I played the market, and yes, it was it, it worked for me, but it just wasn't where I needed to go. But it was an amazing introduction to the collective and the cycles in which can be almost preordained around at this time the market's going to fall or at this time the market's going to uh, pivot and you know you you've never heard of financial astrology yet um it's a very kind of underground secret or not secret but it's it's kept kind of below the surface in wall street there, there are quite a number of financial astrologers who, you know, don't hide what they do, but it's, a, it's an area of the market that's not exposed readily. And one of the most famous um, financial astrologers or stock market men, W. Dugan, was a financial astrologer back the in the... Gan, uh, the guy who developed the Gan charts. Not the Gan charts. No, um, that's, that's different. But... Oh. W.D. Gann uh, was a financial astrologer back in the 1930s, I think. I may be wrong with the dates. Right. Yeah, so he's really well known. You could look, look him up. And there are, there are other people in the, in the markets who use cycles, use it as a means of making money. You know, a passion of mine is food and water security and helping people in situations that are in subsistence farming or even worse, uh, you know, don't have enough food to actually be self-sufficient and sustainable. Because one of the issues around sustainability in these communities is that when you're in survival, when you're in scarcity, you don't really give a shit, you know, if you're burning down uh, forests in order to cook and feed your family or, you know, use kerosene or you use oil in which to get light. Mm. And so, mm. you know, working with these communities was extremely profound for me where, you know, the education, I was in charge of uh, the sustainability pillar so providing clean water, uh, creating little micro agricultural businesses, microfinance, uh, especially working with women. I developed a nutrition program with the assistance of another amazing woman called Anne um, Hecker uh, that I met three years beforehand and helping women empower themselves, especially women, to empower themselves so that they could eke, eke out uh, livelihoods and teach their children. 
Well, I'm not sure if I, you know, it's a, that's a big job, you know, I was there for a time and a place. Um, how is by community consultations and asking the community what they want as opposed to going in there and doing it the white way, you know, you must do it the way we think is best. So they've got their own way in which they work. So that's incredibly important for cross-cultural respect. And then choosing leaders or working with leadership within the community, women especially, who are driven, who want to see their community succeed, who want to see a change in their community. And so as soon as one is able to, to nominate or to see that that person is correct, then training them and allowing them to have the tools, the resources to be able to enact that with their community as opposed to micromanaging the community from, from outside. Great. I mean, how did you how did you manage to bring back water and and uh, and food to to uh, parched villages? Parched villages. Well, with the water, the Cotton On Foundation had a, a couple of multi pronged effects. One was uh, I, I wasn't so much involved in this. That was uh, drilling uh, bores in order to to access water from the aquifers in particular locations. That was a very expensive process, but nonetheless. Uh, assisted communities at large and the other aspect was introducing water filters uh, so that when they did bring water back from not contaminated but just dirty you know mud muddy areas they could actually filter it through this process and so they had clean water which actually once we went back and measured stopped so much of the disease or the you know the disease that causes diarrhea and um, um, other ailments in such a way in which they could concentrate, in which they could work effectively. Yeah, I should have um, I should have drunk water from one of your bores or um, or f- filtration units because uh, didn't stop my diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> now, when was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, two thousand and sixteen <laughs> was the last one. <laughs> George has it verbally fairly regularly as well. Yeah, I do, I do, and I was it was. <laughs> It was competing favourably with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a really great visual there, George. I know you better than I yeah. anticipated. Yeah, well, I, I right. thought I thought being a clairvoyant, you would have already sussed me out. Okay, so tell, so tell me what, so, 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 what. Well, did you did you do you know that you, the um, your own future? Do do you know you, the the path that you will take in life? I mean, I. That sounds that sounds a bit silly, even asking the question, because some people do know. But but as yeah. a, as a clairvoyant, did you you know imagine what it would be like many 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 years ago, and it's just panning out that way now? Um, uh, mostly no. But there are particular events in my life that I would know twelve months in advance the pivot point in which I would you know the new road I would be taking, um, and you know what's relevant you know today when you ask me this question is that yes i can see something about to occur that's going to be pivoting me again in the next couple of months uh that is quite exciting but i I can't talk about that just yet (laughs) too exciting (laughs) too exciting yeah you mean there's something exciting happening in byron bay (laughs) well no me (laughs) (laughs) byron can wait me (laughs) that's fair so, so how is so how is your your I mean, how would you describe your life right now? It's pretty chilled. Uh, I see my clients. Uh, I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm starting to work on a couple of retreats. You no, know, I mean, how do you, how, how do you attract uh, clients? I mean, you really have a really strange on like at first glance, it's a very strange profile. Like, you know, if, if someone said to me, Oh, you need to go see Simone. She has, she's a clairvoyant. She's a psychological astrologer. She's a, you know, a businesswoman. She's worked for NGA uh, NGOs. Um, God, I'd, I'd say, what? What are you talking about? Also, throw in financial astrologer. <laughs> yeah, not, many, not many people know that. Um, I'd be thinking, wacko. <laughs> the complete wacko. Is that right, well, George? <laughs> no, I didn't in this case. You can, you can guess that, right? Because you're a clairvoyant. Yeah, you, know what I, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> so... Um, well, George, maybe we just need to give you a reading after after this session. I, I, oh, I oh, dare can, you can to, we, Simone. Can, can I dare you to. Simone. Now, there's a complex thing to unravel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, should, we, should we record it instead, Brett? I don't know. <laughs> there's things that you might want people to hear, George. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I, I'm open for business. So it's, it's okay. Oh, look, I... I um, I just wanted to. So, how did you? Okay, the wacko. Coming back to the wacko. Coming, coming back. Yeah, so that's right. So, how do you uh, find your clients? Like, how, or is it just word of mouth? Word of mouth. They find me. They so find you. I don't do. I don't do a lot of. Well, I don't do any advertising. Actually, I'm. I'm really terrible at social media. But it's um. It's very much about word of mouth. And, and they're not necessarily people just from Byron Bay. No, they're from all over the world. Wow. So you, yeah. you, you can, you really can tune into people even over a telephone call or a, or a Zoom. Well, let me, uh, yes. Well, let me, let me ask you this. When you're on a mobile phone, how do yep. you think information is being transmitted to you? Through the airwaves. Correct. So it's using a frequency and mess messages are being attached to that frequency, which then yep. gets translated through your, your mobile phone yes. so that you can hear it audi audibly. It's a very similar process with me. Energy energy is not bound by physicality it's just a means of opening yourself up enough to be able to sense it and translate it in a way in which then i can use words for you to be able to understand what the hell i'm talking about but but wow. isn't there like if that's the case which i'm not disbelieving but there's so much energy happening all the time how do you tune into that one person fantastic question i i am so focused and riveted on them Usually when someone asks me a name, that's my focus point, like a target. Right. And I'm able to just uh, move all extraneous kind of noise away from that target and this then receive the information of that person. Do you do charts as well uh, in the consult? Like do you look at the person's chart before you have the consult or do you not use charts as such with astrology? Oh no, I'm using a chart as in like an astrological yeah, chart. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. It's not it's not about the sun signs if that's what you're referring to, or like popular astrology in, in mm. um, newspapers. No, of course. Um so I'm looking at the whole chart. I may look at it briefly for about five minutes before I see the client, but usually it's very much in the moment, what they're telling me, what what's being conveyed, I'm sensing it, and so we dive immediately into what the issue is as opposed to because when you're looking at a chart you could go on forever with the multitude of different information that that chart can actually uh, translate to the 
to the astrologer and I don't want to do that. Mm. I need to look at the issue and what's what's pressing right now and let's let's move at dissolving that which is stopping them from, you know, working or moving into their potentiality. You know, I'd like you to do a consult, um, George, with Simone and report back on our podcast. I think it would be interesting if Simone's willing. Well, you know, astrology and astronomy at one point in time was together. It was the church that actually separated it because with astrology uh, and kings and queens and noble, noble East type kind of people would use the art of astrology in order to predict future events or their, their financial status. So with astrology, I mean, I guess the easiest way to explain that in comparison to astronomy is the meaning behind the cycles that are eventuating in the solar system and through the observation through thousands of years of those cycles, uh, there has been a particular uh, understanding, teachings that have, that have come from that through the observation. And in astronomy, what you have is a very mechanical kind of precise means of which movement is calculated. So it doesn't have the essence or the information associated with meaning. Mm. It's just how do you determine where it's where it's going or where it's going to be. Both are incredibly important, but the science of astrology has been so vilified or the art of astrology, whatever you want to call it, has been so vilified because it, it lands in the spiritual realm and within that, there is no science. I mean, science is so broken up about or doesn't touch consciousness or the understanding of consciousness because it's such a moving, it's, it, you're on moving, moving sand. You know, you're on a slippery slope when you're trying to define something that's undefinable. But yet when something is so concrete and can be observed and can be calculated and, and repeats the, the pattern all the time, then you've got something in which to, to rest your sanity on. So there's a, there's a lot there that when someone says, oh, I don't believe in that or that doesn't make sense to me, well, then you only know what you know and unless you're willing to actually expand on your borders of knowingness or your, your knowledge, then you'll remain in that state of belief. Nothing's going to change and that's fine. We all, we're, we're in the diversity of, uh, of the planet where everyone has their own systems, beliefs, processes, ways of being. It's, it's only when we become intolerant of those beliefs of one another that we get chaos and conflict and violence. So before we go today, um, what do you, what, what's the out, from your point of view, what's the outlook of where we're at at the moment? Mm. Mm. I mean, it's a, a lot, you know, everybody's, everybody's in some ways either quite frightened or quite blasé. But everybody has a, a common question that I'm we're hearing a lot is, mm. well, what's next? Because we don't know. Uh, what yeah. do, where are you at with that? Okay, so I've got two answers for you. One is the aspect of uncertainty in and of itself creates fear. And so when we don't know uh, when something so profoundly hits on a world basis where we're going, we're trying to grip that steering wheel even harder mm -hmm. to find sense or recognition in stability. Um, and then there's the other side of that uh, pertaining to that first question is, well, when we're okay with uncertainty and when we're okay with not knowing, then we, then we can sit into a sense of peace sense of calm that whatever happens we're going to be okay and if it's not going to be okay if it's not going to be challenging we should be able to understand what to do in the moment as opposed to projecting 
or mm. anticipating something so negative that it throws us into this state of chaos and, and um, suffering uh, continuously. And so to answer the question, the second phase of that question, what do I think is, is going to happen now from a, and again, this is my opinion, just looking at the astrological cycles and just tapping into it, you know, with my own radar, um, is that we're entering into a phase of massive change where the current systems no longer serve us. And through the collective dream of needing change or not wanting to be on that treadmill, we're starting to see where technological advancement is going to lead us into a field of where it could be where we no longer have a currency system as we know it. Uh, we rely a lot on technological advancement to to give us our sense of, uh, well, to, to take care of things that normally that we would be doing, such as robots or automatic driving. What are the what automated, what are they called, the, the cars? Yes. Yeah, driverless autonomous, cars. Autonomous. Yeah, autonomous cars, that's it, thanks. Yeah. And the that very huge shift in relying on robotics or AI then renders us in a position of well, what do we do then with our lives or if the currency changes or if there is an equality, a more of an equal balancing system where there isn't the rich and the poor but there is a kind of flat landscape of being able to have enough enough to live so that we can become more of the explorers, become more of self-actualized as opposed to being in survival mode. And I'm seeing us move into that kind of society where environment, where societal uh, equality is going to become far more important and our reliance on technology is going to allow us the space to be able to look within a lot more than what we have. Well, that's a that's a very positive message, considering that uh, you know that the doomsday preppers have been uh, been uh, you know at it at it again, particularly in the last last month or two, and and preaching preaching the go the gospel of um, the world is nigh. Well, true, but let me ask you this: in all of our history, does do countries or empires fall? Of course, they do over time. Um, they yes, do. Don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, the Persian Empire, the Turkish, the the Roman, the Greek, uh, even the Chinese, they all they all went up and then they went down and then something else took over. And so, you know, I liken that to what we have here. Instead of a country going up and or or a particular nation going falling and another one coming up, we're heading more towards an equalized, balanced kind of zone where the whole system collapses snakes love me <laughs> what so snakes they, they just come to you they do like the they pied do. piper sort of at, at it thing yeah so if there's something going on in in my life where i'm about to move or like something significant that's being created yeah i'll either trip over a snake or it will be right beside me or i'll, I'll you know i'll be in the garden and then i'll look over and say oh hello <laughs> and <laughs> you've never woken up with a snake next to you well actually i had one in my bedroom that snuck in yeah <laughs> wow so so wow. this this has you... happened throughout your life yeah so wow. you know in, med in medieval times you would have been hung up and yeah, hung exactly. as a witch uh yeah you're not wrong <laughs> yeah, wow thank god those trials are over huh 
yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so we do finish with a song. So if something springs to mind, tell me. Otherwise, I get to pick. So, is there oh. a, is there a particular oh. song that you you that resonates for you that would fit in with what we've been talking about? I guess. Finally, if people wanted to get in That's touch, what with I was you. about to say you good. Are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to wrap it up. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, because you know, I, I, um, yeah, I guess there'd, there'd be more people that would want to get in touch with you. <laughs> so, so how would they find you? You mean, you mean George? They would want to find the wacko. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's very hard to find a, find this particular wacko in Byron Bay because there's so many of them. Oh, that's right. I stand <laughs> out. Um, so. <laughs> So it would be a very easy process because um, I'm a modernised wacko and I have a website. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you don't, you don't operate with pigeons. And, and, uh, Nor smoke signal, no. I've, I've upped my game. Um, good on you. <laughs> so it's simonegordon.com and, and the Simone spelling is a little bit different. So I don't know if you, it's, you have uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the show notes on the Facebook page, et cetera. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's anyone's no. listening. They can, or if they if they want, they we can do a, a complimentary session. That's how I usually start off in um, giving giving a taster of how I work and whether it's a fit. So I'm more than happy to offer that to your viewers. Fantastic. Do you have any, do you have any ri ritualistic uh, weekend courses? You know, where we dance around a campfire, holding hands, and I don't know, sacrificing goats under a full moon. Yeah, you've forgotten the naked part. Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, I thought you'd read it. I thought you'd see it in my mind. <laughs> He's not predictable, is he, really? <laughs> well, I do know of a men's group that does that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Exactly. No, that's not for me. <laughs> exactly. And I think George has been to several, Simone. <laughs> no, no. I'd like to stoke the fire at the, at the women's group. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You're Greek. Now, um, and George, let's let's take you up on the offer, hey, of um, doing a reading for you, so you can get back to your viewers on just how that that I, worked out. I'd really <laughs> like that. Okay, if George that, is up be, for it. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Let's see how we go. All right, let's do it. Well, yeah, it, you, it's been a great day. It has. Right? It has. You you have a remarkable sense of humour. <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with your humour. Yes, you have to because we're a little bit flippant sometimes. But no, but the but the guts of what you were you, what you were telling our our, uh, our listeners was um, fascinating indeed. I Thank agree. You. It was really great, and uh, thanks for Thank giving you us your, your time. You know. Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's it's. I love um, having a joke and uh, play around with you. All the serious stuff is just way overrated. It yeah, is. I it agree. is, isn't it? Yeah, great, great. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully. Well, I'll re I'll be reporting back very shortly. <laughs> very good. Get in touch, and we'll set this up. And Thank I'll, you, Simon. Uh, and I'll be in touch when the interview's going to be up and running. Oh, thanks, Brett. That would be great. Thanks, Simone. Really thanks, Simone. It. Okay. Bye. 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 -bye.